When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, the show where we help you through the midlife, the menopause, motherhood, and everything in between. This week, we're going to be tackling all our menopausal and midlife skin complaints with dermatologist Dr. Sam Bunting. It's not that we want to look younger, we just want to look better and a bit more glowy and possibly not get quite a shock every time we look in the mirror. (laughs) And later on in this episode, we're also going to be talking about one of our favourite subjects, food, and how it plays out in the family dynamic. But first, we're going to talk about Mother's Day. It is the day. It's the day. If you have downloaded this on the day that it's come out, which is Sunday, the 22nd of March, um, it's Mother's Day. So, um, Lorraine, Mother's Day, what does it mean to you? I like to lie in bed. Mm. I do not like breakfast. In oh bed. no, that never! Really annoys no, me. No crumbs, crumbs in the bed everywhere. Um, but I like to think of it as a day where I've got sort of no plans. It's a kind of it's a difficult mm. day, isn't it? Mother's Day. I've had some terrible Mother's Day presents <laughs> among those four. <laughs> oh, bless them! Children, bless them. Yeah. I think the little pottery thing that was full of old insects was oh was, was a low okay. point. <laughs> old insects, um, right? I once got a self help book. Oh. One of them, yeah. Be happy. <laughs> Trying to tell you something. What all about. <gasps> oh. And then also, um, I did get a card one year from Mabel. She's nine now, nearly nine now. But um, I think she must have been four or five, and it said to a lovely woman. <laughs> <laughs> did she draw it herself? Was it a homemade? Well, yeah, it was a homemade oh. one, but it oh. said to a lovely woman, woman. and I thought oh. that's funny. Has she heard me described as that? Is that how she describes me to other people? I'd quite like the word mum in it somewhere yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but we have quite a downward pressure from us in Mm. in our house because um my husband's Mm mum who is a bit of a matriarch Mm -hmm. wonderful she's everyone's favorite grandmother grandma prue um she does like a card a mother's day card but she likes a card from the grandchildren as well oh right okay she likes a card from everyone possibly our neighbors Everybody. She likes oh, her Mother's Day Her role card. as being a mum has been very important to her. It, it, clearly. She's the matriarch. Yeah. It's like she's yeah. a bit like a mafia don. She's <laughs> kind of in charge of the whole family and all our oh. comings and goings, which is wonderful because she's very interested in all our... I mean, yeah. who, oh, for God's so sake, nice. would be? But she, yeah. Yeah. she is. And uh, as my eldest daughter always says, is, oh, Grandma's my favourite relative. <laughs> and that includes mm. me, obviously. Mm. In that. But yes, we have, to, we have to get the card. There has to be flowers delivered and... Obviously, that becomes my mm. job. Of course. <laughs> what she's not even your mum, but that's that's how it goes. What happens to you oh, on Mother's well, Day, Trish? It's, it's a bit, a bit of, different. It's a bit it? of a double-edged sword for me because I um obviously my mum passed away um sixteen years ago now. So in those very early days, I remember the first Mother's Day. It was particularly hard because it was the first time that I was a mother as well. Yes. So I was kind of 
being celebrated as a mother, but also very much mourning the loss of my mother about two months before. So it was a really hard one. But I think obviously as the years have gone by and those lovely little presents <laughs> keep coming your way, the ones I particularly like are the ones that they buy from the Mother's Day stall at school, which is usually yes. everybody's awful, dreadful things they, they don't found want the back anymore. Of <laughs> and they just sort of them and jet some yes, of life recycle their way around Wandsworth of a strange sort of necklaces and yeah. beads and things like that. But I did get my lovely boy once got me what he called Turkey Delight, a little box of Turkish Delight oh. from the Mother's Day store. So we to this day we call it Turkey Delight, oh, which is I just adorable. think it's really sweet. So my 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 best hope really is that I get downstairs and there's a few cards and maybe a present on the table. But that's remembered you. Remembered but probably nudged by my husband so I'm not sure how much of it is spontaneous but, you, but that's a part you, of being a mum isn't it you just yeah. have to you know unconditional love it just you know you just got to be very patient yeah, with it exactly and do you miss your mum on Mother's Day oh, do you particularly Mother's Day yeah well, no I miss her all the time actually yeah. and you, she pops into my head at all sorts of different times and, f- and for different reasons um but it is um Mothers, yeah, I suppose I do. And I just, I think my big thing is that she never met my daughter. And Yes, because you were pregnant, weren't you? You were yes, due to give birth and she died just, just very shortly before. Yeah, just before. before. But, yeah. um, you know, one of the things she said was, I can die happy knowing you're going to have children, which is like, even now it makes me feel... It's a lovely It Mother's is Day a lovely message. Yes, that is, yes, exactly. Just my memories of her. That's good. Well, we want everyone to have a wonderful Mother's Day today. So it's time to meet our guest today, dermatologist Dr Sam Bunting. So welcome, Sam, to this episode of Postcards from Midlife. Um, We're going to jump straight in and just say, where has all our collagen gone? (laughs) What happens (laughs) at this age? Well, why do our faces get thinner and a bit sort of drier, wrinklier, and it just feels less plumped. Yeah. Can I say plump? You can. That's a good word. No, I think it's a nice word. (laughs) What's going on, Sam? So we know that estrogen affects just about every cell in your skin, top layer and bottom layer, and its relative decline slowly, insidiously, just means that the collagen factories get switched off. Um, So we estimate that you lose about 30% in the first five years of menopause, which is quite, you know, that's basically your skin thickness. You mean, what we mean is perimenopause, don't we? So probably after the age of about 40, would you say? Well, I think or the, the, or the data the relates to the onset of menopause, so five years. So I guess the average age of menopause, by mid-50s, you're probably looking at your skin being about a third of the thickness it was in your 20s. Mm. Right. What can I put on that? <laughs> <laughs> can I eat anything? Can I? Can Trish do any magic? Is there <laughs> any way of bringing any of it back? Well, I think that the, the key thing is the habits that prevent the decline and then thinking about skincare habits that bolster what you've got. So I think clearly we need to be using sunscreen every day. I'm like a broken record in this topic, but it is something that we must all do before we do anything else and spend money. Under moisturiser. Yes, your outermost layer before you put your makeup and even on. even when it's cloudy. Even when, oh in gosh, the winter, 365, 365, because we're talking yep. about the UVA rays that don't burn, they age, they go deeper into the skin and they also take out your elasticity in, in the right. elastin part of your skin. So there's a key, two key components of skin health. So we really want to protect those at all costs. 
Okay, so you do that. Yep. Put your moisturiser on. Yep. Do I drink more water? Do I do more exercise? Do I massage my face? Mm. Not so... I mean, there's a lot of trending of uh, facial yoga and the likes right now. Generally speaking, our muscles are in good shape. It's really the skin over the top of the muscles that we have to look at. So I think that um, in terms of what you eat, you yes, you want to be hanging on to your collagen. So that means, you know, relatively low GI foods. Um, it means, What's that mean, GI? So foods that make, would make your insulin levels spike are best avoided. So go, you know, brown rice rather than white. You're saying no sugar, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you to moderate it. Moderate it's that. dull. Alcohol. Um, you know, eat your vegetables, lots and lots mm. of colours, micronutrients from nuts, things that are nutritionally dense like that are great. If you are getting more extreme symptoms, like very dry skin, what other things can happen? Because, I mean, we're talking a little bit about cosmetic. We want to look nicer. But there are things that are really quite painful and difficult when you get to sort of 45 plus, aren't there, skin-wise? Because your skin does change. Well, I think problems can erupt and get worse. So rosacea, for instance, is mm. something that can often get much worse. What is rosacea? Rosacea sounds red, lovely. I know. <laughs> One in ten of us in the Northern Hemisphere are affected by the genes, but basically it's where you get redness, often in response to environmental triggers like sunshine or going out from being in the cold into a warm room so the right. skin flushes up. can often be accompanied by spots and the kind of mid-face, um, broken capillaries, that sort of thing. Um, so... You know, it it can get worse because barrier dysfunction is part and parcel of it. So if you make the skin drier with lower levels of estrogen, it can cause it to right. trigger and flare. And skincare, particularly using the wrong sorts of skincare products like foaming cleansers or exfoliants and brushes, this sort of thing can, again, compound that. And so much of that is kind of trending in skincare right now. We have to be really careful about what we, yeah. we use in our skin, I think, as hormones change. I didn't know rosacea was genetic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it's genetic. Most inflammatory skin problems have a strong genetic okay. component. I mean, if you've got a severe, um, a relatively severe acne, you're much more likely to get acne yourself. Mm-hmm. Eczema's the same. Mm-hmm. So these things are all of them can be challenged by changing. Medicine. So you shouldn't really say, "Oh my God, I've got to change everything. My skin's changed. I've got to start exfoliating. I've got to do all of this." What? What is a calm response to a changing <laughs> midlife skin? So I think first things always to do no harm, is to get rid of the, the things that might aggravate your skin's tendency to get drier. Um, bear in mind that acne proneness can develop because you've got a yeah, relative got a friend with terrible midlife acne just oh come gosh. from nowhere. Oftentimes for the first time that yeah. they've ever had and they're not sure at all because really the skincare market doesn't really address that particular need, I don't think, not terribly well anyway. Mm. So you really have to sort of take out the kind of the unguents which might clog pores. Unguents. So I think you have to look for the word non-comedogenic. Not, non what? I can't non- say that. Comedogenic. It just means non-pore blocking. Does it? Will it say that on the label, it, do you if think? It, if the, the range has been formulated with that kind of thing in mind, then it should do. And would you advise a trip to a dermatologist if you've got extreme issues with your skin? And how do you find one? Well, I think the key thing is what level of problems are you having? How much is it bothering you? I mean, dry skin Mm. alone can be enough of a reason. But if you're breaking out or your rosacea is getting worse, then I would 100% say the quickest route to a calm and considered complexion will be using prescription agents. And somebody who's specifically interested in that space, and I think cosmetic dermatology, is something that in the UK people are becoming more and more aware of. It's quite London-centric, I suppose. But I think that there are more and more dermatologists who are also conscious of the cosmetic End do you the spe- do they have to have spectrum. a safety stamp? Is there a thing that will say this dermatologist is not a lunatic that's going to charge you thousands of pounds? Is there a, is there a kind of gui- guidance to who you would pick? 
I think that you can have good advice in terms of the prescription items, but you really need a holistic view in terms right. of your habits, because I think medicine isn't always compatible with beauty. So yes. I think that's something that you, yes. you learn about by somebody by reputation, perhaps what they, you know, their, their online presence now, I think it's very easy really to research Check them out. someone's approach. And I think because there's, there are dermatologists that specialise in skin cancer, that might not be the best person to prescribe treatment for your rosacea. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just because Dream course. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it, there's, it's quite a lot of specialisation nowadays, so... Mm-hmm. And in terms of the steps you would do every morning um, with a more drier, because dry, I think, just dry is the main thing, yeah, isn't it, for I've... midlife skin. What would, what, what's your three-step advice first thing in the morning? So I think... A glass of champagne. Non... <laughs> that would be delightful. Glass of champagne, yeah. Um, a non-foaming cleanser. I think right. that's key. I think not using overly hot water or oh. using anything rougher than your fingertips to cleanse with. So no, I would tend to avoid flannels and also that sort of like tendency to kind of scrub with the, the towel. <laughs> However satisfying Dab that it. might feel. Patting is best, absolutely. Then you want moisturiser, then you want sunscreen. And then if you could do a little extra, then it would be an antioxidant serum to give you a little bit extra on top of the UV protection that you're getting from your sunscreen. But a full spectrum sunscreen so not just a little bit of spf in your tinted moisturizer please then go, go back to some some other little problems one one that i feel that i have is pigmentation and obviously that's from kind of just being this age and being exposed to sun at certain times what can what can i do about that so Which I think, is sort of brown spots and yeah. things on my face. I think you can definitely start with skincare. And I think, again, that's where perhaps prescription skincare might have a bit more oomph than over the counter. But AHAs, which will help exfoliate the top layer, are useful. Retinoids, which you use at night, stimulate all kinds of great things in the skin, including an improvement in the evenness of the skin tone. I kind of think anybody entering menopause should be thinking about a retinoid just because they do so much. Yeah. It's the most powerful kind of category of what drugs that do? we know. To you when you put it on? Well, I mean, it just basically makes your skin behave like it used to. It switches on the collagen factory, which we really want. It improves the turnover of the Yay top layer. Yay, for <laughs> <laughs> And it improves pigmentation. So there isn't, there isn't much in the way of skin function that it doesn't affect. And right. of course, there are different levels depending on. You can start very gently with over-the-counter and then you can build up to prescription Retin-A, which is considered the gold standard and also quite good for acne, which is a rather nice secondary thing. And in terms of um, sort of these non-invasive treatments, are you uh, an advocate of things like I think it's everything from like microneedling to um, laser treatments, those kind of things for for skin? Because somebody did recommend me having some kind of laser thing on some of these splodgy dark pigmentation <laughs> spots. I, I think with skin with skin there are lots of routes to achieving mm. the same outcome. Some want to go fast, others want to go in a more slow, considered way and have control themselves. But laser 100% can help improve the appearance of sunspots um, from, from chronic sun exposure. Things like melasma, which can be related to sun exposure, but also hormones are often better treated medically. And that, I think I've heard of that. That's like a big brown splodge that you might get, that, or discoloration. Associated with pregnancy. It's right. a mask-like appearance, but it can occur at any age um, and it can come and go as well. So um, that is often best treated with medical treatments, a prescription-grade treatment for pigmentation. Mm-hmm. So as I say, I think there's lots of different tools. I think microneedling is an excellent treatment for those who perhaps aren't what interested. is microneedling? So in me, 
It's um, best used when somebody's already been using a retinoid, so their fibroblasts are switched on and ready to make more collagen. And then you're basically using needles to create controlled injury in the skin, which sort of regenerates. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's it's quite powerful without really having much downtime. So a bit of redness for a weekend is kind of, you know, the worst case scenario. Um, Painful? Sounds quite painful. It's actually, no, we use topical anaesthetic. It's actually quite a relaxing procedure for me and the patient. I'll do it to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Get your needles out and do a little... (laughs) Book a room. Book a room. Book a room. Stabbing. Uh, now, other areas, things like saggy jowls. I think that's that's yes, another that comes fr- up a lot, yeah, the saggy jowls. Yeah, the old yeah. saggy you jowl. Use the jawline. Yes, the definition around the jawline. The polar neck gets higher. Because yeah. <laughs> it covers the crepey neck as well. Crepey neck, yeah. And, and distracts from the jowl. Yeah, I mean, the lower face has become more of an issue as we've gotten better at treating the upper face. So with mm. Botox, um, I think, uh, you know, that that side of things, mm-hmm. sort of frowning and forehead lines and crow's feet have been kind of improved. So, of course, then the focus shifts slower. But it's harder because it comes back to our friend Elastin. Once you lose your Can't Elastin... Do it anything, can you? Well, that is why filling occurs, to kind of tent pull this slightly looser skin by creating a sort of a... You know, oh, I see. A, yeah, a propping like a, up yeah. of the mid face. Yeah. That sounds really basic, mm. but it's kind of what we're doing. And you're also losing fat at the same time. You're losing a little bit of bone as we age. You know, there's a whole complex mm. Um, mm. degree of changes happening underneath the skin. So it is about choosing, I guess, the right procedure level because these things mm-hmm. tend to work best, you know, mm-hmm. sort of in conjunction with other treatments. A little bit of Botox if you've got muscles pulling down the corners of your mouth and pebbling your chin, a little bit of filler along the jawline. A little bit of filler in mid-face. These There's are the options so much that are out can there. Do. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the key thing is to find someone who's on the same page as you aesthetically, who goes as slow or as quickly as you want to go. And I think that's the great thing about the cosmetic world now is lots of different practitioners but a lot, with different approaches. Quite a lot of scary, scary yes. images out there of certain yeah. celebrities. Because or, I suppose uh, as you get older, there ha- there is an acceptance. And I think it's about looking better, not not younger. There is an acceptance that you are going. To, your face is going to change. You are going to lose the bits that were your youthful bits. So, I guess you've mentally got to get your head around that a bit. Do you see a lot of women who talk to you emotionally about how their skin is changing? So, I guess when you're having kind of consultations with people, you must get a lot of insight into how women, what it feels like to look older when you look in the mirror. Because we don't all want to look younger, but we we do want to look healthy and less grumpy as well I think that that, you, that last point is key it's it's the emotional disresonance it's looking in the mirror and maybe you look cross or frustrated when that's not how you feel inside mm. just because the lines know. are causing it exactly yeah. so I think for me I would definitely say I'm at the, the the less invasive end of the spectrum cosmetically but I really believe in treatments that that really boost that inner emotional confidence and strength at a challenging time for some so I think Helping people get their skincare right first and foremost is usually the right step because that builds trust. And if you can really make a big difference to skin quality, it can be surprising how much less that little bit of sagging or that little frown line actually matters because what people see is radiance first. I really believe in that 100%. I didn't do this. Should you have gone out into the sun with absolutely no sunscreen on as a teenager? (laughs) (laughs) And thought, but this is brilliant, I'll go red and then I'll go brown. It'll be amazing. Should you have done that? Is that repairable or is that going to affect your midlife face? 
I think it's rare that a single event will, will, will ruin your skin. I do see girls who've used a lot of sunbeds in their teens in quite an yeah. um, intense way. I think that there's no, I've seen twenty early 20s with, with crow's feet from, oh you can see the elastin damage yeah. in the under eye tissue. So bad. And that's hard to repair. I think collagen related problems you can probably work on. Um, and then with good behavior, the skin has remarkable repair capacity at any age, actually. But I think elastin, you really have to protect that. And should we be saying to our teenage, I've got three girls, should we be saying to our teenage daughters, sunscreen before you even get out of bed mm -hmm. um, and wash your face, don't make it, should we be giving them the same kind of advice? What, what do we tell our teenage girls? Because they kind of always look to you, to mum for advice on it. And I, I'm And then very, ignore you. Yeah, well, then ignore you. <laughs> do honestly. the opposite. <laughs> yes. But I always think I should be able, this, you know, working in fashion and beauty, I should be able to give them the advice. What do I tell the girls? I think getting the basics right is fundamental, just like it is for your wardrobe. I think if you cleanse correctly and, you know, I think we have to be careful with trends. There's so many new trends exactly. and beauty yeah. on Instagram is just such a compelling, you know. Well, they're getting hunt bombarded by exactly. all of these messages every day. So I think if you have that key core structure, I think everybody should have a cleanser, a moisturizer and a good quality sunscreen that doesn't break teens out. I think that's really key. I think you can almost, much like I have to do with my adult population, you have to reframe sunscreen as something that can either be a primer or, you know, a radiance yeah. booster or some other asset but you know you're kind of tricking them into using the sunscreen every day one, in an ideal world one thing that i've noticed with with my teams and their friends is they're they're quite um self-conscious about pore size that seems to be is that specific i think that's an teenagers? instagram thing though oh is it right i just think we're we're so now used to looking at images that have been face tuned mm. and every i don't know a girl who doesn't worry about mm. her pores i don't think it's just a teen phenomenon but i've um, seen them with these things they stick on their nose and then they pull it off <laughs> Well, I think we, I mean, that's, that's those have always heads. been quite keen. Blackheads. Are yeah. they quite good, those things? Because I worry about those and think, oh, God, that looks a bit a bit harsh. It's just, a, it's a hormonal thing. You know, once the oil switches on at puberty, you get, you, you tend to get some comedone formation. They tend to be blackheads around the nose. Mm. Um, I mean, I think the same ingredients. So I think it's about non-clogging skincare. So mm -hmm. that word non-comedogenic again. I mean, I really think all skincare should be non-clogging. It's part of mm -hmm. our brand philosophy, just to be sure that we're not actually doing any harm, no matter what age you are, because anybody can be pushed to break out if they put enough coconut oil or whatever. There's, there's some ingredients mm. that are particularly prone mm. to clogging up skin. And I see that more and more with these more and more complex skincare routines. Lots of layering of, of ingredients that have just not been well thought mm. out and certainly were never designed to be applied. It's the Korean thing, isn't it? Where they have something like 17 steps yeah. in a skincare process. Well, one insane. of mine goes into the bathroom. She's probably in there an hour oh. in the evening. Gosh. Doing her face. I said, what? What are you doing to your face? What's oh, beautiful face? <laughs> Don't touch it. Do it. Stop poking it. Yeah. yeah. I've got one more little thing, which is um, dark circles. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I mean, what is causing those? <laughs> How do we get rid of them? I think obviously good night's sleep seems dark to... Dark thoughts. Yeah, dark, is it dark thoughts. <laughs> is, it, is it alcohol? Not enough red wine, is I'd it, say. Is yeah. it something to do with your kidneys? <laughs> Flushing things Diagnose out. I don't know. I no, don't know. Are you okay, self-diagnosed? I, I don't know. I should know. I don't know these things. You've been Googling, haven't you? No, I think, so think about your the skin around your eyes and the structures underneath are muscles and blood vessels. So it's a bit like wearing a dark bra under a white T-shirt. The thicker the T-shirt, oh. the less visible the bra. So that's why you want thick, robust skin around your eyes that doesn't reveal the bluey structures underneath. So as your skin thins, 
as the t-shirt thins, the bra mm, becomes more visible. Oh no. You see what I'm saying? My bra's quite visible. <laughs> <laughs> so you want nice, thick skin. The keys to thick skin, boring, sunglasses, sun avoidance, oh, sunscreen sunglasses. around the eyes. I'm really quite evangelical. No one puts sunscreen around their eyes. But it's really these small habits that you implement every day. Mm. You and can it, get and them in that habit. it's not too late for us. No, no, skin never loses its ability to repair if you give it the right stuff. So vitamins A, B and C, so your retinoid, your vitamin C in the morning, a bit of niacinamide, vitamin B3 and sunscreen. Ah, so those are the things can keep repairing. It can keep. 100%. Oh, good. I'm yes. on it. Mm. And I can't sleep down on my face. You oh, told me that once. I remember you saying, stop sleeping on your face because it makes it all... <laughs> well, smush <laughs> lines are hard because, you know... Smush lines... <laughs> That's what I call them. You know what I mean. I do. I mean, you know, it's a bit like that. You look mm. in the mirror, don't you, in the morning, you think, what the hell has happened overnight? And I think I've been face down. That's what's happened. Pillow all over me. Selfish starfish. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Sam. I'm going to go out. I'm going to put sun cream on. I'm going to start sleeping on my back. (laughs) I'm going to reduce my sugar levels. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. And, Um, And Sam, you've got a very exciting range of products as well, Dr. Sam's. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Very brilliant. (laughs) And it's very well priced, actually, because I think there's a lot of spendy stuff in the market, um, which some of it, which is very, very good. But there's a lot of stuff slightly playing on that vulnerability of women of this age group, you know, and I think it's it's better, not younger that we're looking for, isn't it? So keeping Mm -hmm. good price points is useful. Well, the direct-to-consumer model helps with that, so you really do invest in what's in the pot. We kept the packaging really nice and clean, and I think it's appeals to Mm -hmm. all ages. Um, And the ingredient story is actually incredibly versatile, and we've played with textures to make sure they still felt um, indulgent, because I really feel that's what's missing for those who are perhaps blemish-prone. And if you're a 50-something blemish-prone for the first time in your life, you know, the, the aisles of Boots with clearasil and the like just yes, don't depressing. really, uh, they don't mm. really appeal. Don't or, that in your cupboard. They're not formulated for that skin no. type either, because it really is a delicate balance of managing drier skin with a more delicate barrier, but also breakouts. So, yeah, well done. Thank, thank, you. thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
So now we've reached the point in this podcast where we normally talk about things going on in our family and with our teenagers. And this week we wanted to talk about food because it is quite a complex situation or can be quite a complex situation within families. And um, Lorraine, I was telling you how much I'm kind of finding cooking pleasurable again. Yes, you've I've come to midlife of, and uh, yeah, because I've just Delia. <laughs> No, Anna Jones, Otto the modern Lenghi. cook, or Otto oh, Lenghi, any yeah. of those. Mira Soda, I love all these these sort of new range of fabulous modern cooks doing a lot of vegetarian food. And I think I stopped enjoying cooking food because it, it became such a sort of tricky and emotive issue in our house pretty it much is. since our kids were small because yeah. they just wouldn't eat anything that I made yeah. for them, you know, anything healthy. And it just felt like this constant battle. And I tried so many different things. And I think it just... It's one of those things that makes you feel like a rubbish mother is, or parent yeah. is when you're, you you can't feed your children. It's exhausting. Yeah, And constantly having to think, what am I going to feed them? This mm. emotional labour of thinking, oh, well, they had that yesterday. They can't have spaghetti bolognese every mm. day. They can't have pasta and We're butter We're literally like personal nutritionists, day. aren't we? <laughs> Trying to kind of give them balanced life. But I've just decided now that they're, they're, the age they are, they're 16, the twins, I've just sort of given in and accepted that, that my son's only going to eat beige food. I mean, if that's saying it's you complex. are what you eat, he yeah. would be a fried egg bap with ketchup, I would say. <laughs> would he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. My eldest would be um, a large sourdough loaf. Yes, <laughs> Just just on its own. Italian pasta. She does like a sourdough. She loves the really nice... Dipped in a bit of balsamic no, and olive oil? No, just, just dry. Like, she likes bread. She loves a good cup of tea, big cup of builder's tea and a nice mm. bit of toast. Oh, I, I quite like that. Yeah, that's quite but nice. But it is complex because you do get very stressful, I think, as a parent, particularly when you've got lots of children, of giving them the right food. You're swayed by everything that's healthy, not healthy, what's got a good carbon footprint mm, nowadays. Mm. And I think sometimes... We overthink it. Um, I feel a little bit guilty as a working mother. Mm. I think if I can't feed them and I've not been there and we have childcare after school or we had a nanny before they were um, born, it, when they were born, it, you just, are you just constantly thinking, well, the least I can do is feed them. Mm. I can feed mm. my children. I can come home and I can do that and it's a proof of my love. So it gets quite tied up, I think, in mm. all the complex ways we think about food and from our childhood. I know, because I think as well for me, it comes from, obviously as mothers, it's our primal urge to nurture and take care of our children. And, and my twins were tiny when they were born. They were like four and a half pounds. They were these tiny little scraps of things. And trying to get food in them was literally, that's all I can think about from those days is just yeah. trying to get feet with milk in them that they didn't sort of then puke up all over yeah, their baby. Yeah, an hourly stress. Oh, my goodness, it really yeah, was. Yeah. And I remember that the, um, you know, the doctor saying, well, they've probably got this, the stomach is the size of a walnut. It's tiny. So you just have to keep feeding them. And it was yeah. it was exhausting. So it's probably a little bit of leftover from from that as and well. And I, I think from my, from my background, my mum didn't really cook. She was a stay-at-home, but she didn't um, really, wasn't into cooking. Just mm. wasn't her thing. And then I was hit, we were hit, I think, when we first had kids with all of this Annabelle Carmel, you've got to be able to make yeah, stuff you've yeah. got to know I mean I could, freezing ice cubes of yeah, smashed I just broccoli and... could all of that completely overwhelm me mm. because I can't cook I'm not really interested in it it's not one of the things that I don't really know much about food and you can't go out and spend loads of money on mm. on weird vegetables you've never heard of. I mean, I don't think I'd ever had a blueberry till we had the kids because I thought we better get stuff like that in the house. It <laughs> seems to be in all these colourful foods. Yeah. Yes, what's a sweet mm. potato for Christ's sake? So I think you get a bit worked up and overwhelmed by it, don't you? My teenagers now, my two eldest, are actually really good cooks. 
because oh, we used to do a lot of baking together mm-hmm. when they were little and I really enjoyed that because it didn't really matter what it turned out like and we make the little fairy cakes and things and then also the I've interviewed hundreds of experts now for the column mm-hmm. the Sunday Times and one the main thing the main bit of advice I would say if anyone said to me can you give me one bit of parenting advice based on the experts you've talked to I would say eat meals together Mm. sitting down and eating together is really really healthy it's healthy for their neurology it's healthy physically it's healthy for them emotionally we do it on a Sunday Mm. um, and on a Friday and they're kind of you have to have a very good excuse not Mm. to be in that place in in our family Mm -hmm. and I think bringing other kids in as well there is a tendency with the screens and everything for people to separate out and eat their meals whenever they want but you've got to eat at least two meals together it's really bonding Mm -hmm. well let's hope there's going to be a nice Surprise Mother's Day meal today. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not cooking Wishful it, then it'll be edible. Yeah. Wishful thinking. So what's changed my world this week? I think this might be quite a biggie, uh, quite a big decision that I've come to having done this podcast series, actually, and having spoken to Dr. Shasadi Harper, Professor Michael Baum, I've actually decided I am going to go on HRT. Wow. Yes, I have made the decision. So I have started. um, Obviously, my concern was around the fact that my mother had breast cancer, but obviously dispelled of the the myths yes. and now with armed with the facts the I have risk made... of other things is so much greater exactly so I have made uh, that decision so I will report back uh, in another episode it's on how weeks, that's going for me um, what I'm trying this week is I, I'm doing that thing I'm trying not to compare myself to other people oh. because <laughs> Had a bit of bit of house envy. You've not been comparing yourself to J Lo, have you? <laughs> no, not why quite that bad. Butts not that hurt. No, I had a bit of house envy the other day, <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to just practice that little mantra, that little self talk, saying, what, "What house envy? Oh, someone who's having a massive big basement done, and the this, that, and the other." <laughs> and I just like silliness. I just come out of my like scuffed, scruffy hallway covered in dog and children marks, and I just thought, oh, whatever, whatever. But anyway, I'm going to not compare myself to other people. I'm going to compare myself to who I was yesterday. Have you heard that one? Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Who were you yesterday? That's a good question. Well, hopefully the the idea of that obviously is being... Were you Cher yesterday? Well, it wasn't J-Lo, put it like that. It wasn't J-Lo. But it might, could have been share. Could have been share. And then finally, my nostalgia noodling is um, wine-related. We talk about wine. I was thinking about my first glass of wine, which I think was what, a glass of... the, of the of... morning or what? <laughs> Ever or Ever. yesterday? Back in the 80s. Uh, glass of Lee Proumilch, Blue Nun. Do you Blue remember Nun. that? Blue oh, so Nun. Sweet. It was so very sweet. sweet. But quite a nice, long, long thin Visually bottle. pleasant <laughs> bottle. Nun in a blue outfit. Yes. But that was my first... That's because and... you're a good Catholic girl. Oh, yeah, probably. I've got an aunt who's a nun. She's fabulous. Have she did you? wear a blue What's habit. What's her name? Auntie Maura. Auntie she Maura. love Auntie Maura. But was I have she a blue it on, um, she was at one point. That sounds like a dodgy film, yeah, doesn't it? it does. Yeah. Um, but anyway, height of sophistication, obviously. Mm. And I have it on good authority that actually one of the Spice Girls used to have that on her rider, Bottle of Blue Nun. I know who that is. Yeah. I'm not saying. We're not saying but we're I not see saying. nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Jolly and I might go and try and find a bottle, actually. Yeah. And what about you? What's changed your life? Well, uh, what has changed my life this week has been uh, clothes swapping. Oh, okay. Now, let, bear with me. Because, not with me. No, we haven't done that you, yet. But you, we are the same size. Mm. So it's an entirely doable thing. 
my daughter, 16-year-old daughter, sometimes I'll say to her, where's that T-shirt from? And she'll say, oh, it's Maddie's. And I'll say, you mustn't keep taking people's clothes. But it's it's that's not what's happening. It's official. What is happening is they leave their stuff all over the floor and they just, when they're bored of their own stuff, they just pick up off someone else's floor oh. and they kind of swap it around. Is it just, being on the floor is the code for you can I take this? the lazy teenage version <laughs> of what could be quite a good thing oh. where you get to the end, end of a couple of months and think, well, I'm just a little bit bored of this T-shirt, this shirt or whatever. Mm. But Trisha's got quite a nice one. Oh, she might oh be you've bored got your... <laughs> Got your eye on mine. Got your eye on that okay. little Chanel yeah. blouse you bought in the sale. <laughs> That's what I've got my eye on. In my dreams, Trish. Yep. In, in my dreams. dreams. In my dreams. So this week, uh, well, I'm trying. It's probably very trying for her. <laughs> I've made a new friend. Really? A midlife friend. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, she's. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very nice. She hasn't doesn't know all my background. Mm. Doesn't know anything about the past. It's completely a clean begin again friendship. We just have really nice little chats about things, and I've probably only known her six weeks. Oh, something like that. Does she know you're her friend? No, I, we're we're a little bit bemused because we've we've made friends with each mm. other, and I, you know, we have a nice little WhatsApp thing going. And um, when I popped round to see her, I took a book because I thought she would like that, and that was weird because she had a book to give me. Mm. That she How I did would you meet like. her? Uh, she is yoga. Oh, I yoga friend. Yoga. A yoga friend. You know oh. how. I disagree with yoga yeah. on every level, but actually, weirdly, it's brought me many oh. things. I can touch my toes and I have a new friend. And you can do a headstand. I, I can do a headstand. Good. Now. Yeah, it's good, good for you. Um, so I've been nostalgia noodling in a big way this week. <laughs> okay. Trip down memory 25 lane. years ago, which yes. album <gasps> do you think we would have been listening to? Oh, my Loving God. Jagged. Little, Little Pill. Pill. Oh, Alanis, Alanis Morissette. Morissette. So she's going on tour. Oh. On tour, 45, just had a baby called Winter, her Winter. third baby. So midlife Alanis is out there for me to go and say, I'm going to go and see you. You're going to come with me. <gasps> Definitely. It'd be amazing, wouldn't Can it? I come with you. Yeah, we you know can't bring your words. other friend, though. I can't bring my <laughs> yoga friend, no. <laughs> all right, Trish. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to Postcards from Midlife this week. If you would like to rate and review us, turn to whichever app you subscribe through and leave us a review. See you next week. Goodbye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.